1: doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look
0: closer at your mental and emotional well being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week,
1: we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you
0: to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Welcome back to Be Real and the Black
1: Woman Be Whole takeover of the Be Real podcast. So this is our fourth and final takeover episode. I would like for us to kind of go around and talk about what has this been like for us um, doing this together, doing this um, on the B-roll podcast. So I'll start with you guys and I guess I'll pull up the rear. Um, Marquia. what has this um, last four weeks been like for you? It's been really
2: fun. Um, we all live in well, y'all live near each other, but I don't live near <laughs> the uh, near the crew. I'm um, far away, so we don't get to interact um, as often as we probably would like. Um, so it's been really nice to see you all on a weekly basis and kind of you know shoot the shit and just kind of talk about what it is to be a black woman and also you know expose people to what is to come on our show. So it's been really really fun. Definitely different, right? Getting used to and acclimated to having a podcast Um, (laughs) and talking to people every week. But it's been dope. Like we met um, some new people. I got to hang out with, you know, one of my really good friends on the show. So it's been it's been really cool.
1: And you get to hang out with Alex L. today. So Whoa, I didn't wow, want to wow. tell the people
2: yet, but yes, <laughs> yes. my fave. Oh my God, I just gave it up. <laughs> I just gave up the guest. I am so sorry. Yeah, we're going to talk to my fave today and I'm so excited. So excited, guys. What about I you, Kim?
3: <laughs> um, it's been, it has been very interesting. I think I've been um, very vulnerable in a way that I don't normally like to be. You know, telling my story about intimate partner violence or that thing that I had experienced, like telling something from 34 years ago that has not been in my mind um, has just been really interesting for me because I realize I still have more work to do. Being able to talk about something that I think is important um, with our guest, Marla, Renee Stewart, and having those moments where things that I'm really passionate about and being able to talk about them with the three, with the two of you has been really cool. It also helped me to realize that I can, you know, show that softer side because I normally don't and my friends do not know me as that. So having people know things about me that I have been kind of quiet about, is just a very interesting thing because you got to truth tell, right? That's what we talk about with Black Women Be Whole. And, and, and it's weird to do it <laughs> because you tell other people to do it, then you don't do it. So it's a it's a little kind of like awkward to then realize oh I can't go out and say this and then not do it myself so being able to do that in a, in this space and with guests right like with people who are stimulating us in a way that I realize I need more of and I love being able to do that with the two of you and it was really it was really fun and I really am grateful that we were able to do this so what about you Anisha?
1: Wow. Um, So first (laughs) off, let me say I'm grateful for you, ladies, for so many reasons, just for the sisterhood that we have, but for you guys coming on my show and doing this. So that has been really cool. So if we're going to talk about truth telling, let me tell a little truth then. Um, This has been a struggle for me. (laughs) Like, have I enjoyed it? Yes. But has it been a struggle for me? Yes. What I have realized is that as a black woman, and as a Black person in general, like many of us, I code switch. And so I realized that, you know, I show up differently when I am around my Black friends, right, than maybe I do when I am around white people. And I realized that I have been on a show with my mentor for the last 50 some odd episodes. And I may not, I may show up very differently with her, right? Because as a therapist, I learned everything from her right? Like when I first decided to become a therapist, she was my supervisor, right? And I have worked with her since then. So since I've been a therapist, she has been in my life. The dynamic between two of us is more like teacher-student and it's always been that way. And so I'm still trying to figure out how I, you know, step away from that, that relationship On this podcast, because I think it is important for me to do that, to step away from that, from our relationship in that way on this podcast. And so not that I didn't know that before, but I think that having these four weeks with you guys have helped me to see that I need to do that. And I I want to do that. And and how do I figure out how to do that? Um, And so how do I show up every day as my authentic black girl self? How do I do that? That is a struggle, right? Being on this show with you guys, I was able to show up as her. But that first show, I wasn't. That first show, I was teetering on like, okay, Anisha, the therapist, like how does she show up in this space? And then like, you know, Anisha, the therapist who is authentically blacky black, black, how does she show up, right? And so I think that there is a balance and um, I'm getting there, but I, I really enjoy myself. And I think that I found my voice. I think I found my voice. And so I'm very appreciative of that. And I am appreciative of the fact that um, I am able to be vulnerable in this way. And may I may not have wanted to, but I think that in some ways I need it to. And so I am.
3: Yeah, I think the topics. Thank you. It's beautiful. I'm proud of you both. We've, both grown. we've all grown together, which is always like a cute thing. You don't have those moments in adulthood unless you go through something like this. Um and I think um, us working on Black Woman Be Whole and the manifestation of that being the Black Woman Be Whole podcast has just—it's it, also been interest- interesting because it's shown me that like we can do this, right? Like we can we can get some stuff together, we can talk with people, we can have hard conversations because a lot of the stuff that you know we, we're talking about is rooted in cultural kind of like stigmas or things that people don't feel comfortable talking about, and so. It's hard to be vulnerable when you haven't even had that conversation in your own circles before. I mean, we talked about intimate partner violence. I've never had a conversation with any of my friends about that. And so it's a really weird thing where I am revealing my thoughts about something for the first time because I basically am. The thing about sex, people who know me, they know, you know, if you know me, you know, but also just kind of like the origins. Of You're not that. shy about
1: talking about that. <laughs> no,
3: but, but, but about like. Sex positivity, yeah, sex positivity. Because I don't think that that's the piece that um, I hear a lot with people, and it's always like this weird thing. And it's like it's not weird. It's okay to talk about everything because Mm -hmm. we are full, fully formed human beings, and we have thoughts and feelings about a lot of stuff. And we may think them, but we don't really say them, or we don't verbalize them (laughs) in in a way that's for everyone to hear. Being able to have courage to have discussions. About the kind of topics that we've 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 discussed during this time has just been a very um, cool thing, and to do it with the two of you, so I'll leave it at that.
2: Yeah, it was a fun time. It's been a it's been a good month. Who thought that we'd be doing a podcast, right? Like we we connected all about like a year ago this time, right? And it's like almost our meetiversary, and then almost the Instagram anniversary, <laughs> right? But I think that this is a great way to like, remind us of what we started a year ago, we've come so far and like, it's just gonna keep getting better. And I'm happy we get to do it together guys.
1: Oh, I think that this was was, the thing, this was supposed to be an introduction to Black Women Be Whole. And I think that this is really a good introduction, right? Because I think that we've touched on sisterhood and we've touched on self-care. And I think with our guest today, we'll touch a bit more on healing. Um, And how do you like have a voice and how do you communicate your needs to people? We talked a little bit about that with Marla. Mm -hmm. And so that's what people will get on our podcast. Right. And I think the interesting thing is when we thought about our podcast, we really didn't think much about guests, right? Like it was just going to be some real black girls, the three of us talking about things. And I think that this has actually allowed us to maybe pivot in a way where we could be more interested in having guests on and seeing how they change the dynamic in a really positive, amazing way, so I, I am glad that we did this because I do think that we are thinking about our podcast in a in a different way. And so, who knows how it may change, uh, what direction that we go in? March third is here, right? Like, I think by the time this drops, our podcast will have dropped, so the world will kind of get a taste of that real black girl. Show that we talk about um so I'm, I'm 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 overjoyed yeah i'm over the moon right now yes and um
2: we're definitely going to talk about some real black girl today with our guest
1: so, so, <laughs> so you about to introduce our guest i'm gonna introduce, introduce her, her. it's, it's okay. about that
2: time it's about okay. that time okay go ahead Take so it. for those of you at home i am a am a stan i'm not gonna lie to you um not beyonce levels but it's pretty close it's pretty close <laughs> Um, so our guest today is Alexandra L aka Alex L on the gram. She is an author and wellness consultant living in the Washington DC metro area with her husband and children writing came into her life by way of therapy and the exploration of healing through journaling quarterly Alex teaches workshops and retreats centered around assisting others in finding their voices through storytelling, poetry, and narrative writing rooted in truth without shame. Her mission is to build community and self-care practices through literature and language. She is currently an author at Chronicle Books. Alex is the author of many books and journals, most recently After the Rain, available at Tarjay and on Amazon, Neon Soul, and Today I Affirm, a journal that nurtures self-care. So we are so excited um, to welcome Alex, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: All right, sit back, grab your tea, as Diana
0: would say, have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy, and if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of BeWell Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists,
1: BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BEWELL, that's one word, to eight four eight to get connected with a therapist today.
0: Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text well one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show.
1: So we are back. The Black Woman Behold Takeover. This is the last week but well, we are back and we are just super excited this week because Black Woman Be Whole is all about healing. And we have, I don't even know how to say it. Like the, the, she is like the queen of healing. Like that's how I view her. Like when I think of healing, I think of Alex L and oh my God, Alex L is back. Okay. So first she was on with me and Diana. Now she's back with Black Woman Be Whole. And I couldn't be more excited. Please, Alex, reintroduce yourself to our listeners. Cause this is not your first time here.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me back. I am beyond thrilled to be chatting with y'all. Who am I? I'm an author, a mother, a wife, and a facilitator of self-care through writing practice. My goal with my work is to not only share my stories and to create work around them, but also encourage women, particularly Black women, to stand in their power by sharing their stories and their voice. That's who I am, and I'm so happy to be back
1: here. Oh my God, just hearing you say that. Like for us, we are big self-care advocates, mental health advocates, and to have you on to kind of speak more about the self-care journey because I think that it is a journey. I'm really just touched to have you here. Kim and Markia why don't you guys say hi before we get started? So since this is our last one together on the Be Well, the Be uh the Be Real podcast. <laughs>
2: uh happy whatever day you're listening guys I always want to say what day it is we're recording but it may not be the day you're listening so hello I guess one last time on this platform um and hello to Alex so happy that she's here friends that know me in real life are knowing that I'm like dying on the inside right now so this is great
3: (laughs) yeah hi everyone our last one it's been a good time and We've had fun and this is going to be an even better one just with Alex L. And I just want to say that I love that Marquis is on with us when we had with Alex L because she has been fangirling, sending us photos of like wow. pages. Wow. You're going to put me on blast, bro? <laughs> I love All the color right. gassing. <laughs> no, listen, we show love. Yes, you got, me, you, have yes, be, you have to be, you have to be open about your love of somebody. By standing, I have to be an open yes. stand. <laughs>
1: yes we gonna give I was you all your girl. flowers today yes <laughs> thank you
2: I am gathering them I feel the love thing high is. octane high octane gas girl
3: <laughs> and I'm excited because Marquia has her love of of your work has kind of inspired me to get your your you know your books and things so Amazon where you at with my stuff I need it <laughs> <laughs> they're busy
2: doing the up challenge in the parking lot, girl. I don't know if you've seen those videos <laughs> floating around, but they dance battling um, the other male carriers right now. <laughs> I have not seen that. I, I need to get hip. It's on the they, It's on the shade room. There's like, I think the Prime dude did it first. And then the girl from FedEx, they're like, you have 24 hours to respond. And then like, and I was just oh, like, okay, but guy. my Ivy Park is still not at my house. So I don't... <laughs> So y'all understand. need to stop dancing. <laughs> right. Dance after you drop it off. Dance after you drop it off.
1: Listen, they've been working the pandemic. Let these people have a good time. Yeah. Okay. I'm all for
2: it. Absolutely. Just could you bring my things though, please? Thanks. Instant gratification <laughs> on deck,
3: honey. Oh my gosh.
1: I love it. Okay. So we have to ask you, um, Alex, what has happened since you've last been on the podcast? Um, you got new book. New journal, Mm. a little bit of everything. Pandemic is on, right? Because that's still going on. That hasn't changed.
4: That has not changed. Um, So what has happened since we last talked? I reached 5,000 folks that I taught in course community last year. So Mm -hmm. that was really amazing. And I remember offering you space to kind of take the course on your own
1: Yeah, and bringing that up
4: first because you're welcome. I'm bringing that up first because I had to pivot so much in 2020, like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that I was going to be able to reach that many people with writing to heal. I had no idea. Um, So we're able like not only to grieve collectively, but also So heal collectively and we have folks from all over the globe all walks of life all ages and we had an 80 year old in the last one that was really awesome and it's like yes can we like yes to showing up and healing ourselves through writing what else has happened after the rain came out october 13th and it's in its sixth printing since october which is wow major yes i'm very excited about that and then encourage is out now it came out january 24th and it's in every Target store across the nation. So oh my- that's also exciting. <laughs> um, and I have just been <laughs> like, wow, like things are really unfolding for my career in this new way, which feels really supportive, especially as a Black woman in the literary space. And what else? My little, well, my middle child turned three. And that's a whole nother ball game. Three Nager. I was but gonna it's, say it's awesome.
2: <laughs> I've heard that's a thing. Three nagers are is like a
4: thing. it is a thing, <laughs> but it's so cool to see her come into her big girlness. And yeah, we're just just in flow here and working on a new book and a new affirmation deck for 2022 and 2023. So like just, you know, keeping it going and trying to take care of myself in the meantime. I think people feel like Because healing is kind of what I do in my work um, and self-care is what I preach in my work that it comes easy to me, but it is has not been easy. So I've just been trying to get back to the basics with my self-care practice as well.
2: I have a quick pivot question, just to piggyback of what you're what you were saying, right? Do you feel like you were able to reach these people because the pandemic forced them to have to deal with their shit, right? Like mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. now sitting there. I have nothing else to do. I'm in the house. I'm in the house bored, right? I'm watching Netflix, but I'm also sitting here with all these feelings mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know how to process them. So do you mm-hmm. think that like, because of the pandemic, that kind of helped give you some momentum with people being like, I don't know what to do. Where do I go?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's interesting because the first course launched before the pandemic, you know, was out in the open and it was interesting because I thought, okay, I'll do this and then I'll be back to teaching come April, you know, May. And of course that didn't happen that. I'll be back to teaching in the real world. And that just absolutely didn't happen. And I think the more folks, including myself, sat with this idea of, okay, well, how do we show up for ourselves now? How do we get clear about our feelings and emotions? And a lot of folks, especially marginalized people, like we didn't have, we don't all have the access to therapy. We don't all have the access to counseling and things like that. I mean, the Loveland Foundation is doing an amazing job at partnering, you know, with these therapists for Black women and girls, but there's also still this lag of, well, do I trust that institution. You know what I mean? Not the Loveland Foundation, but just therapy and psychology as a whole. So it's like yeah. offering people the space to be their own inner expert on the page and then take the next steps in their healing journey. So I've had folks who've never written before do a course with me and then now they're in therapy and they're writing because they're oh, like, Oh, that's amazing. This inner child work, this healing work is way deeper than I thought. Somebody told me I thought the it's just going to be an Instagram course, but it's not. And I was just like, you're right,
3: girl. It's not, you know?
4: Um, and that that's also interesting too, because I'm really involved with my course community. And I think people are really taken aback by that. They're like, whoa, like she's really in here with us doing this work with us. There's a reason behind that. I mean, we're all in this together and we all need each other. And the more we normalize that, community aspect of self-care. We can really start getting into the nitty-gritty and naming what we need. And sometimes that looks like therapy. Sometimes that looks like taking a break from social media. Sometimes that looks like walking away from relationships that don't serve us. So a lot of people are being able to find their truth on the page through this work. And that really brings me beyond joy.
3: I love that because I think a lot of us have been grappling with things that you know, outside has allowed us to suppress, you know, and we've had to reevaluate our lives in a way that we just really didn't have time to do. So I think everyone's in that space. And I think it's really interesting. Like the, when the book came out, did you write it during the pandemic before the pandemic, you know, how would you have changed it? Wow. So would you have changed some things in your book or do you feel like what you put in there has reinforced Kind of what you were trying to convey to the the, your audience.
4: Oh, that's such a good question. I don't think I would have changed anything, and I actually had to fight hard for the title to stay what it was because it was after the rain in 2017. It was after the rain in 2018. Like I just that was what it was, and then I turned in my manuscript in 2019 when I had my third daughter. I was eight months pregnant with her actually, and. We were going back and forth with the title. They were thinking that it wasn't the best fit. And then, of course, we landed back on After the Rain because Divine Alignment, like, of course, that was supposed to be the name, right? That was really the only thing that I had pause about as far as changing anything. But the content, no, everything in there, I mean, it doesn't necessarily relate to COVID times, but it relates to people's healing, it relates to people's trauma, it relates to people's joy. And I think that that normalizing those emotions and being a woman a black woman in this space who is able to step into it in a way that's really extremely personal and vulnerable means that a lot of things were there for a specific reason and I'm really satisfied with with how it translated um, to folks, especially during this pandemic, right, because people are at home thinking about their relationships with with their partners, with their mothers, with themselves, right, and how they can adjust and be more self-aware, and these stories that I shared in After the Rain were just that, so I think that's where the resonance really came into play.
1: Yeah, I I do want to just, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted, I I did see you on Good Morning America in November. So I was so happy to see that you were on this kind of national platform where you can reach even more people. And so that really warmed my heart because I'm like, she's going to reach even more women. And um, yeah, it was just kind of a joy to see you there.
4: Thank you. But that was a great experience. They actually had me back twice Mm -hmm. and that was really, really awesome. I think the only thing I kind of felt a little ways about is that, like, because of the amount of followers I'm using air quotes for folks at home I have on Instagram, a lot of people want to put me in this influencer space, which feels mm-hmm. kind of gross. Um, especially, I mean, I know I have influence, but that I'm not an influencer. I was really struggling with actually taking on those Good Morning America segments because it was really centered around self care influencer, and I was yes. just like, that makes my skin crawl and this is just a vulnerable moment to share too because when you put in so much work I've been doing this for eight years you know what I mean like there is as far as writing goes like I am a writer I am an author I am not just I'm not an influencer so I had to kind of talk with my team and my editor and my agent like should I even do this because I don't really want to I don't want to give people this idea that I and their expert. I don't want to give people this idea that that I am above them because of the amount of followers that I have. You know how that whole hierarchy of social mm-hmm. media goes. Yeah. Uh, but my team encouraged me to do it and I did it and the blessing in that is one I kind of had to get over myself and get over my ego. Like if I'm being given this platform, go ahead, plug your book, which I did. Use it to your advantage. And also, the hearts that you touch are the hearts that you touch. It doesn't matter what necessarily is the title behind it. And speaking of, I've had so many course community folks come my way because of Good Morning America, and they can now see, oh, she isn't an influencer. Like she is a teacher, she is an author. And wow, I didn't expect to get this type of connection. That's something I'm working through in my career, too, is just owning who I am and also not allowing my ego to get in, in, get in the way of the hearts that can be possibly touched by my work, no matter like how they meet me. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, it definitely does. Um, Kim, did you
3: Um, want to say something? Okay. I'm just going to, I was going to say that talking about that sounds like community care, right? Like you are part of it, not above it. Like that's cultural. That's like the village and how we show up for each other. It's not, I'm talking down to, I'm talking with you. And let's mm-hmm. share. So mm-hmm. I re- that really resonated with me just now when I was thinking about what you said. Thank you. So Alex, you mentioned that you're an
2: author um, and as a resident fangirl, you know, I did read the book. <laughs> 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 um, and actually it's so funny. So this week I actually was having like a very tough week at the beginning of the week and the soothing, the suffer- suffering lesson I mean, if you know my life, you can just tell me, girl, it's fine. Like you can, you can let me know. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, But I think that that um, is one of the great um, gems in this book. And you talk about how healing isn't one size fits all or a finite process, right? So is there any specific tools that you found most effective when tackling old wounds? Because like there are days when I do wake up, like the same thing you mentioned in the book, when you wake up, you just feel heavy. You can't get out of this funk. You hate everything. And you know that maybe it's not forever or it's going to last. But in that moment, it's just like, this is terrible and I hate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you like muster it up? Right. Because me personally, I'm going to lay on the couch and watch Netflix Bojack Horseman in particular which may not be so <laughs> right which may not be the healthiest option but it makes me feel better but what is an effective healthy way mm. <laughs> that you know people can do that
4: you know i would encourage you to do exactly what you just did and the reason why is because so often we try to fix the thing that's broken right and i and for me it's like i need a break I need an emotional break. I need some emotional rest from this healing work, from trying to figure it out, from trying to always fix the thing that's triggering me or fix the thing that's hurting. And sometimes that does look like, I'm not thinking about nothing else but this Netflix show and I'm gonna take this nap and I'm gonna name what I need to my husband. And, you know, that's it. After we come out of that funk, it is it is important to address the thing, look at the thing that is hurting, look at the thing and just say, it's okay. Like, it can heal, it will heal. And we may have to heal from it multiple times, as we know, like some things trigger me from 10 years ago, I'm like, why? What are you doing here? And I, I really do ask my feelings that like, you're back. What's up? <laughs> you know, and I think that that's really important, because when we're able to get curious about what our feelings are doing, and how they're trying to greet us, we then get even more clear about what we need. And as Black women and as women in general, like we are kind of deterred from getting to know ourselves in that really intimate way. So being able to do that, greet those feelings, not turn away from them because we can turn away from them all they want. They're still going to be there when we look back, right? And trust that, okay, I can handle this. And if I can't, I know who to call if I need help. Um, I know that I can take a nap. I know that I can get back in my body with my breathing I know that rest is so so important just as important as the healing work that's what I would say name what you need to yourself first and then of course lean on that community self-care as an act of community care and community care as an act of self-care like it is all cyclical it all goes together
1: I think for me as a, um, a therapist I predominantly see black women and I'm always just like feel your feelings like accept those emotions. And I think that as Black women and at Black Women Behold, we have um, this workshop called Healing Through Truth Telling. And we look mm. at like these big six emotions and we realize that as Black women, we're not always able to kind of show up with all the emotions, right? And so we talk about, what about desire? Do we talk about that? Do we talk about grief? Are we talking more about joy? Like it's not just sadness, happiness, and anger. Like right. there's so much more in between and anxiety. It's a secondary emotion, but it's still an emotion. And we have to start being able to talk about these emotions. Right. And so when I'm in session with my clients, I'm like, yeah, feel it. Like don't try and distract it. Right. Cause if you keep bottling it up, it's going to come out in some regrettable way. Like either you just might hurt yourself more or you might hurt someone else. So when are we just going to sit with it, but also giving ourselves permission to sit with it. I think that For me as a Black woman, I think I've been taught to do and not feel. Nobody, like, put your big girl panties on, right? All of the, like, toxic things that are said to us, which is telling us don't feel, just do. Like, I'm tired of just doing. I do want to feel. And we really are trying to push that for Black women. We want you to feel your feelings. We don't want you to run away from them anymore. It's a hard road. It it, it definitely is when you've been taught something very different for so long.
4: And when you're taught that you're not safe with yourself. Mm.
1: That was,
4: that was big for me, especially looking at my lineage, like my Nana, my mother and my great grandmother, it's like, they never felt safe within themselves. Hence why I don't, because they didn't know how to teach me that I was mm. I was a sacred place. I was a safe space. It's always that running, right? Like, don't feel this. Don't cry. Crying doesn't solve mm. problems. All of these things. And my mom is in her 50s, and she is just now trying to step into her vulnerability and step out of this strong mm. Black woman, strong toxic Black woman mm. shell that she's been carrying because- she never thought that she was, could be her own safe space. So I was talking to my therapist a couple weeks ago about how it feels really heavy to be the only one in my lineage who is paving the way for my daughters and like being the matriarch of healing for my family
0: mm.
4: and how sometimes I just don't want to do it. I'm like, I don't have the capacity to show up in this way. And then I'm like, well, you have to. You have no choice because there's no way that you are going to let your girls down by not showing up for them and leading by example. And the only way I can lead by example is to remember that I'm safe, I am whole, I am enough. And that is not just an affirmation to say, it's, it's, those are affirmations to embody. And to be the only one embodying that and like that intentional choice to be different than Nana and mom and aunties you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it feels a it feels isolating sometimes to be honest but I often think like well you've come this far you have to continue you have to keep going even with the wounds even with the trauma and not allowing those wounds and that trauma to be your place of resting because that doesn't serve us or the generation after us dismantling toxic behavior dismantling toxic Mm -hmm. beliefs around around um feeling your feelings and mm-hmm. being in a place of vulnerability, it takes a lot of work and I, I'm a work in progress still. It's very challenging.
3: It definitely does. It's so, it's so weird that we're this topic or what we're talking about right now. I sent marquia a text message the other day that said, "Miss Sophia is my spirit character because all my life I had to fight. And you feel that when you're feeling opposition to people that raised you and loved you. And they've conditioned you to behave this way or think this way. And to break away from that can feel very like frightening because it's really disrupting the relationship pattern that everyone else around you is exhibiting and you're different. You're like the black sheep a little bit because they're just like, what are you doing? That's not who we are. And, you know, when you do some truth telling, some feelings get hurt. And then, you know, you have that in the mix and it just kind of like impacts your healing in a way that I think um, can feel very difficult and insurmountable at times because you're just like, when is this going to end? When is the healing going to happen? Because I kind of don't want to go out, (laughs) you know, having not had some healing and, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you want to put it down because it's so burdensome. I resonate with that completely.
1: I think that we do have to take a small break, but this... Um, conversation is getting really good. Um, We're talking about real healing. You know, we're really kind of deep diving. So I really appreciate that. So we are going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and continue to deep dive a little further into uh, the book After the Rain.
0: As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of BeWell Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over
1: 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief or loss. To learn more, visit bewellpsychotherapy.com or text BWELL, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today.
0: Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com or text BWELL, one word, B E W E L L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Hey,
3: everyone. Welcome back to the Black Woman Behold Takeover of the Be Real Podcast with our guest, Alex L. And we are back for some more awesome conversation. So Alex, I have a question for you. Um, what is your favorite passage in the book and why? Oh, man. Um,
4: so comparison is probably my favorite, followed by self-love, followed by change. So I know you only asked for one, but those are my top three. But comparison is my favorite because it really allowed me to look at my relationship with my mother from a lens of compassion, of not only self, but her. So in short, not to give the whole chapter away, but I went to visit a friend on a farm, her and her mother live on this beautiful farm. And I was very, very jealous of their relationship. I was just like, how do they have such a beautiful, wholesome, supportive relationship? And I've never even witnessed this before. I've never, I've never experienced this. And um, I had a talk with my friend in the book and asked her like, what is this like? Like being in such a loving relationship with your mother. And she actually said like, yeah, we love each other but it's also really hard. She has her things about her that drive me insane. And it's not all it's cracked up to be but we do love each other. And she kind of just gave me this flow of like understanding that just because you see it as perfect doesn't mean that it is. So on my drive home, I I had a come to Jesus moment and I was just trying to recall things in my in my childhood and in my womanhood that reflected what my mom did bring to the table. It didn't necessarily look like Leah and her mom's relationship, but it looked like something and it looked like my mom doing the best that she could with what she knew and also that her love language is different than mine. And with that being the case, how do I hold space for how different we are? And how do I hold gratitude and appreciation for how she does show up? And I think a big part of my healing work was stop harping on how things don't happen and start looking at how things are happening and how things do and can happen. So shifting my perspective to gratitude, even though Some of the stuff I went through as a kid, a lot of it, it was hard. I came from a very tumultuous home, very abusive home, reckoning with that as an adult woman and still being in relationship with my mother and she's in relationship with my children. It is a very, very stretching thing that requires a lot of understanding, a lot of compassion and a lot of patience and boundaries so that we can interact with each other in a way that is healthy and safe for us both. So that comparison chapter was me greeting my mother with grace, the grace that I'd never really had before for her. And it kind of showed me that I was actually healing and not staying stuck in in a cycle of what if uh, comparison and regret and sadness. And instead, I was breaking free of that and allowing myself to let go a little bit. No, I definitely love that.
1: No, wow. I, you know, it's just very touching because I think that I too learned- about compassion for my father. It felt like he could never quite get it right, you know, my whole life. And I learned how to be compassionate towards him, knowing that he tried his best, right? Like he gave me all that he could. It didn't always feel like enough, but it taught me how to be compassionate towards others and towards myself. And so I I really appreciate that. And I think at Black Woman Be Whole, we talk about, um, in our methodology, we talk about the people label and the life events that have impacted us. And you have to look at those things in order to heal. And so that's what I heard in order for you to continue on your healing journey, you had to look at this relationship with your mother. And it's interesting when we on the outside looking in at other people and we're like, oh my God, it's so amazing. And then they tell us, oh yeah, wait, (laughs) it is amazing in so many ways, um, but there's other ways that it's not. Also, we had to work to get here. And people don't always see the work that we have to put in to have those healthy relationships they don't just happen generally I don't know many relationships that just happen to be healthy like there has to be some work that is put into them and they just and she let you know that they've put in the work and it made you realize like you know maybe you know how can me and my mom put in that same work together right like how can I help her how can she help me with that so I Mm -hmm. I, you know it's kind of amazing the things that we learn you know through others Mm -hmm. which is why it takes a village
3: hello I think it's It's, also like when you talk about like the mother wound, like so many black women have really tumultuous relationships with their mom. And, you know, that whole thing, you know, mothers love their boys and raise their daughters. A lot of narrative around that is really rooted in like a toxic, maybe dysfunctional relationship with your parents. And they are the, they're the people that form you that give you your ideas and your values. And that, Carry forward those things that were given to them, and sometimes they don't serve you. And really being able to discern what works for you versus what doesn't, and and letting those pieces go is super important, I think, to healing. And having that ability to have hard, difficult conversations with the parent is very brave because we've been raised like to your parent is on his pedestal, and you don't say anything, even if you see something wrong. Like my mother does not apologize, and she'll tell people that. I'm like, but you should apologize for this thing and she's like no i shouldn't because i'm the mother and so you have those kind of things that you um that you kind of internalize and mm-hmm. sometimes they do show up in a way for you that is not healthy that definitely resonated with me a lot too Alex,
2: as you know. <laughs> I I explained to Alex for those that are listening at home that how I reconnected with her post um de- my departure with Twitter. Um and she had made this really interesting post says, I am entirely capable of being whole without validation from others, and I'm learning how to validate myself. Um and I was at a really low point at that time in my life, and Alex really showed me that it was okay to one, work on my healing, right, whatever that looked like, but also be open to getting help if I needed that, whether that was therapy, whether that was reading her Instagram post every day um, in order to make it through. Um, But also in the book, um, in the healing lesson you wrote, I'm willing to release my expectations on healing and what it's supposed to look like so that I can make room for more self-compassion, self-healing and self-love. Um, And I think that that's so important because people expect healing to look like one thing, right? Like I'm over this, I'm healed, it is done, moving on, but it doesn't work like that. So how do you help people or how do you suggest people get comfortable with that idea that although you may want it to be over and done, how how do they get comfortable with the idea that it may not look like that, but it doesn't mean that you're not making progress or that you're not getting there?
4: I know personally it has required me giving myself a lot of space and a lot of grace to understand that my healing is not this linear path that it is it ebbs and it flows that that's okay. I think oftentimes we're taught that we should, you know, be healed from something and then that's it. But even like if we break a bone or if we are sick and we have a debilitating you know, injury to our body or what have you, like, we have to rehab, you know, like I have people who I'm, who I know who have hurt their back and they're, you know, technically healed from that initial pain, but they may still have a lingering something if they sit wrong or if it rains, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know it's know? about to rain, my hip hurt, girl. But like, seriously, all jokes aside, just knowing that we are, constantly in process and in progress and letting that be okay. We don't live in a society that allows space for us to like be in flow with our feelings, to be in flow with our healing. There's a lot of generational trauma that Black folks carry. There are a lot of, there's a lot of ancestral trauma that we carry. And it's like, we can take our time and giving us that, giving ourselves that permission to slow down and pace is major. And certain things may hurt forever. May tingle, I call them pain points. They may be tender spots yes. forever. And that doesn't make us weak. That doesn't make us less than. That doesn't mean we're not healing. It means that damn, that really hurt me. And like when I think about it, I still have a pain point there. And I can and I can move forward through that, you know? And I think for me personally, keeping tools in my emotional toolbox that will help soothe that suffering, that will help bring me back to my body and bring me back to what I know to be true in the moment has been very supportive in my healing process and in my healing work. And I know that healing looks different for everybody. So that may not be, you know, for everybody, but we have to figure out what is for us. How do we tend to our wounds? How do we tend to our pain points? How do we tend to that thing that happened 10 years ago that we were re-triggered by last week? What is it about? And I think it all links to inner curiosity and trust that we don't have to have it all healed and all figured out today or tomorrow or 10 years from now. It is a slow, steady process. I think I put that in the book, that healing is a slow and soft process. And it requires us to soften because if we're hardened, light can't get in. We just, we, we aren't able to warm ourselves. <laughs> we aren't able to comfort ourselves if we are hardened by the traumas of our past. So that's how I look at it.
2: No, I love that. And then I also want to follow up. So the book, like you are truly an author, an authoress, if you will, were to Maya Wilkes from Girlfriends. <laughs> but with that being said, how you wrote the book, I felt like how you told the story made it very easy to take in some really like, ooh, did she just kind of ra- read me right there yeah. moments? <laughs> like in the self-love chapter, when you were talking about, you know... Dealing with situationships and all of those, you know, pieces. And were you interested in this person even though you knew they were mediocre? Or was it because you were trying to fill a spot? Right. So mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. like, okay, ma'am, you don't, you don't know me like that. <laughs> <To be telling laughs> but was it written intentionally that way for people to read it and be like, oh, I'm reading this great story, but also have them take a minute and reflect and be like, well, damn, like maybe I do need to, or was that just kind of
4: how I interpreted the book? Um it was definitely written on purpose that way. Um, and I think you're actually referring to the validation essay where oh. I talk about my situationship with yes. it, with Richmond. Yes. Is that the one? Yes, yes. When I was driving to Richmond, <laughs> putting all the miles on my car. Oh my god. Yes. But that's also a reflection Back and forth, of self-love. Yes. yes, that's also a reflection of self-love. And, and I mean, they do go hand in hand because I didn't learn how to love myself in healthy mm-hmm. ways, right? So because of that, I was constantly seeking external validation in hopes that that would make me love myself. With everything kind of being interwoven in this book, yes, I wrote things a certain way so that the reader can be like, oh, her too? More so her too, you know, because I think often folks think that the people they look up to or the people whose books they're reading or whomever that they love and admire that they don't have their own stuff with them that they aren't de- they they haven't dealt with certain things or maybe it's so far out of reach that it's just something that we get past and get over but I constantly have to remind myself that, Alex, are you settling or is this what you'd really want? And I think that really goes hand in hand with that external validation, right? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this because the world will see it as something good or that I'm expe- because I'm expected to, to do this thing? Or am I doing this because that's what really what I want? So it's this constant checking of, of myself. And I want readers to check themselves as they're reading because there's going to be something that you read in here and you're like, oh, I can relate to that, maybe not in the exact same way, but I can definitely relate to that. So this book was really written as a companion, as a relatable companion, not Alex has it figured out, but, oh, Alex is walking with me on this journey. And I think that that's really what I want folks to get from it. It's like, oh, I'm not alone. I am standing in community, even if it's through the pages of a book.
1: And I think that that's what you did. Yeah, like, I think it's all about the relatability. (laughs) Like, I'm not alone. And also, as people of color, we don't always see ourselves in books that we read, right? Like, so to be able to read your book and be like, oh, like, you, like, you see me. And, And so for so many people who don't feel seen, feel heard, and feel understood, to read your book and to feel that is just kind of an amazing feeling. Like, to see myself in an author's mind like oh you were talking about a girl like me like I think I put in that speaks volumes
2: I think I put in the group chat we live the same life and I think like we're all learning that right like through social media like especially black people we have all lived the same life so Mm -hmm. reading that like I was like okay so this is not unique to me and like it does get
4: better eventually Mm -hmm. and it can get better it can I think that hope you know what I mean like that we we can move through and be on the other side is, is just so important. And it's interesting that you said that too, because when people flip to the back of the book and they see a black face, they're like, oh, wow. you know like And I get messages from young black girls all the time saying, I didn't know you were black when I picked up your book. And to know that you're black makes me resonate with your work even more. I mm-hmm. have a journal out called Today I Affirm People love that journal. And it's actually, there's a special edition, affordable edition at Five and Below. And a lot of young people- I love Five and Below. Yes, <laughs> I love it too. Um, a lot of young people pick up that journal. And when they come to my Instagram, they'll say, wow, like you look like me. That makes me feel so good. And they'll go back. I had this woman go back and buy every last copy at Five and Below to give to the girls at her school. Just from the simple fact that there's someone like me, healing like me, and- yeah. That is special. There, there's, there's. That's so special. And I'm bringing this up because this white woman slid in my DMs the other day and said, "I need to stop identifying as a black author. That that's limiting myself, and that I am trying. It's like I'm trying to convince white people that we're not the same." And I didn't respond, <laughs> but I
3: almost did.
4: Girl, what? what? Leo- you suppressed about. that Leo, huh? You suppressed that Leo, huh? <laughs> I mean, I took it to my husband, and I was in here cussing and acting a fool. And he, he feeds me like with stuff like that. He's like, babe, I know, right? That's dumb. Like, you know what I mean? Battery Everyone's in pack. a moment. But like, <laughs> I was just like, what a, in my mind, like what a privileged thing to say. Yeah. What a, and a, what an uninformed thing to say that it's being a black woman in the literary space. It is not easy, but it's so necessary. And the more people can relate. Yes, it's great that all work, all folks enjoy my work but it's even greater for me that people who look like me resonate with my work and they see that someone looks like them who is doing this type of work. You know, a lot of books don't make bestsellers lists by Black folks if we're not teaching white people how to interact with us or how to be anti-racist. And though, while we need those books, right? We need those. Black folks are all, also healing. And we are also finding joy and we are also exploring relationships. And my friend, Rachel Cargill, which I'm, y'all know, like... She says it best, we we are not monolithic in our in our expression, our creative expression. So that woman just kind of affirmed that I need to start talking more about being a black author because everybody, you know, that that's that's important. That is so important. That representation matters, especially when it comes to this healing work that we're doing.
3: I yeah, I totally agree. I think the power of narrative and of storytelling connects people in a way that we don't see until they can, they hear the story and they can identify the same sort of points with each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what we do. Like a lot of, you know, Anisha does talk therapy, but with Black Women Be Whole, we really, you know, we're having conversation about things that we're all going through, we have gone through. And the, the pain point is that we are Black women and we know your story and it may not be the exact same, but it is similar. And so I see you sis is really like a thing that we, we mm. promote like that value. Like we see you because we are you. And that's a really important thing to help people know that they're not alone because there's so many people, so many black women who feel like their story is theirs and there's alone and that they, yeah. they don't know who to go to, but you know, there's strength in kind of like that community building of, you know, it's, it is communal pain because it, mm. it's the same kind of pain. And I think, um, you know, when we talk about, uh, we have a workbook, uh, black woman Behold. and you know, who knows what the title is <laughs> to be continued. We're still working on that, but we, we try and get a lot of women to really think through like their healing journey, you know, your boundaries, who are the people, what are the life events that have shaped you? Like your origin story, what do you tell people about yourself? And that may yeah. differ because, you know, it's something that resonated with you and that still sticks with you going back to what you said earlier about something that from 10 years ago, I told the story like two weeks ago from something like 34 years ago. And it was just, was like traumatizing to me. And I hadn't told that story other than, you know, having a conversation with a a cousin of mine and um, it was freeing and it was healing to be able to say it. And it started conversation within my family. So, Mm. you know, I think I love that with your journal, that you are doing this work and getting people to really think through like what self-care looks like and putting words on paper. And so that someone can visually see what, what, what you wrote your thoughts, I think is super important. So could you talk a little bit about your journal or your favorite prompt or why the, um, the practice of daily writing is important?
4: So the journal Encourage is a companion to After the Rain. And the reason why I made this is because I want to get people closer to their own voices, their own stories. As a writer, encouraging other people to write is just kind of what I do. The importance of writing practice for me is that it it allows us to get out of our head and onto the page. And that loops back to that emotional clarity. That loops back to getting to know ourselves in these new dynamic ways. It looks to naming what we need, affirming language, and deciding that we can stand in our power by owning our stories. That's, uh, I'm looking at the journal now, and I think, you know, the morning reflection is a good way to start the day. The evening reflection is a good day, is is a good way to end the day. And then you have kind of this, this refreshing way to move through your day and your night. And writing practice is definitely something that is super supportive. This is very, you know, straightforward writing and it encourages people with the simplicity of the prompts to get closer to themselves because at the end of the day that is the goal.
3: Wow. This was so fun. I'm so happy <laughs> that I got the chance to talk to you. I know Marquia oh, is a chance to talk with y'all too. I've great. got a little bit of I got a little bit more love, Marquia. I get it. <laughs> I told you that
2: she was great. I don't know why you didn't listen.
3: <laughs> Heard the word. We had some church today. Feels like that. Yeah. Past the plate for Pastor Alex L for real right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, for me, it, it it is, I'm grateful that you came back again, number one. So thank you for that. But, you know, when they say it takes a village to raise a child and I tell people it, um, you know, it takes the same for an adult, right? Like it takes a community to raise an adult. We need our community. And I think that that um, for you to be here and talk about community care just shows people like you need to be in community with people. You cannot live this life alone. You should not be isolating yourself from the world. You need to find the people that you trust and who love you and, you know, confide in them. They will be there for you, but you do have to find your community. Absolutely. And I think that um, your followers have found a community, right? Like on your Instagram page, they found their community. And so, thank you for that. Where can all we find all this A million of them,
2: all one over a million. Is that correct, girl? Yeah, a lot of folks. I'm like, what are you?
4: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing here? But I love it because you're right. Like, I I hope you know the internet is what it is. You know what I mean? It's a it's an interesting place, and with it being so interesting, I want to be able to curate a space in the corner of the internet where folks can feel safe and seen mm-hmm. and supported. Um, who can you know? commune with folks in the comments. That's why I always try to ask a community question whenever I post something on Instagram. That like-mindedness is so, so, so important. And it's interesting because in my last course, the community members just gathered on their own for a Zoom call to do their art therapy practices. And I was like, this is great. I was like, thank you. Like, that is so wonderful. They were having like art therapy on Zoom and doing their journal prompts. And Getting to know one another, and that is why I do this work. It is so much more far-reaching than money, than sales, than anything mm. of any any of that. It is about folks coming together and honoring themselves so that they can show up in the world and honor those around them.
3: Oh, I love that. Where can we? Where can people find you? Where can they find the book? Where can we find you on Instagram? I know where Marquia knows, but we're gonna ask you because. <laughs> <laughs> We want to, we want people to follow you because we want this message. We want this, you know, revolution, whatever it is, liberation, however Mm -hmm. people think of it. We want, we want more people to follow you.
4: Oh yeah. So I'm at alexl.com. I'm also at, on Instagram at alex underscore E-L-L-E. I have a podcast called the Hey Girl podcast that is told with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. And I always forget about my podcast. So I, I looked at you, Adnisha, because you were like, what about the podcast? You or Diana said that last time. So the podcast, Hey Girl. <laughs> and where else? I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet, underscore Alex L, one word. And in my courses, too. That's That's where you can find me. I'm around. And hopefully soon in real life, we can get back to teaching in person and retreats and being together. I'm coming to DC, wherever
1: it is. I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Thank you so much, Alex, for being on. Um, Thank you everyone for listening. And the Black Woman Be Whole podcast drops March 3rd. And so we will be talking about communicating, healing, sisterhood, a little bit of all of it. And so um, Black women, you want to be seen, heard, understood. Listen to the podcast. We'll be there showing up. So thank you guys. Real black shit. That's what we talk about. Real black shit. That's the tagline. Yes. Yes. We will see. Well, I will see you guys next week. Back to the V Real podcast. Um, Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Be Real Podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.